Hello, friends, and welcome to Profoundish. I'm your host today, Weston, and I will be joined by Alex shortly, where we talk about space, the cosmos, and sci-fi, and maybe a little bit of aliens. And then we will be playing a game where Alex has to populate a colony ship all aboard to Mars, but with popular early 2000s sitcom characters. There is a catch. One of them is an imposter and will be trying to take down the entire ship. What will Alex choose? Stay tuned. You're listening to Profoundish. this huge debate that i accidentally stumbled into like not not a part of but just like like scrolling and looking through and it was a debate about how many nicks were in the original nick theme song and almost so interesting and yeah i can't remember where it was it might have been just on like in a youtube comment section maybe it was reddit i can't remember where i was because i remember looking looking it up so it might have been on reddit but anyway it was Cause like they're, they're, cause and it's almost like a Mandela effect sort of thing, right? But I'm pretty sure there's, like, how's it going? Huh? Nick, 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 Nick. I can't remember where there's there's one less. But it's the thing that we sing is usually wrong. Nick, 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 Nick. Where is it at? See now I feel you know what the point is that there's a big debate and what we're singing I think is actually wrong. There's like one extra Nick. Really. Because I'm thinking yeah, in I, my head, I'm trying to sound it out without accidentally losing track, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking seven. Oh, I think it's the Ninik. There is no Ninik. It's just Nick, 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 Nick. I oh, think I'm no, it, that to, can't be the one. In my Hold head, on, I'm trying it. to include the Ni because I'm sure that was that's supposed to be Nick, but it's like a soft K. You know. Hold on, how many Nicks in Nickelodeon? Hold on, Nick, there Nick. was this whole thing. Nick, 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 Nick. Oh, that was only six. Tec- Nick, it Nick, says technically Nick. there's eight Nicks. Is there eight? There's one extra. That's right. That's what it is. Okay. Um, and I don't know where it's at. I, I'd have to play it. Maybe I can find a little short clip to play or something on yeah. here. Because uh, <laughs> there was a... Yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of these like Twitter posts and everyone's like in these arguments like seven, eight, seven, eight. But I guess at one point Nickelodeon stepped in and um, said Guys, it's, it's 12. <laughs> Nickelodeon. But anyway, can we get that? There's got to be a YouTube video out there that is just like Nick. But every time it nicks, we add three nicks. That has to be a thing. But though that reminds me that there was there was a video of you know me. I'm a Tim Allen guy, and it was a. But but every like millisecond, it added another box of him going. So it just sounded like a huge cave chamber, like a cathedral full of Tim Allen's going, like (laughs) echoing. It was great. Um, But anyway, that's one reason why I love the internet, because people just go on these huge rabbit holes of how many Nicks are in the old Nickelodeon theme that hasn't even played in like 20 years. But yeah, do they do they even have a theme now? Do do they just, you know, you turn on Nickelodeon, they're just like, Nick. (laughs) Nick. <laughs> no, actually, what it is now, it is it's still the theme. Um, I only know this because of all my medley stuff. But like at the like the bumpers now, it's like a song. It's like doot 
That feels it's too like much that. like PBS to me. I got PBS it, vibes off that. Well, honestly, if you listen to it, like if you watch a clip of like a on the official Nickelodeon channel, and then yeah. if you watch at the end where it has like you know other recommended videos or whatever, it 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 sounds like a PBS thing. It's very it's like kind of bubbly. So it's a little yeah. it's a little too clean cut for Nick because they'll you know like yeah, Nick's in my got opinion some, like, roughness to it. Because in my opinion, in terms of roughness, it was Cartoon Network was the most rough. Then it was Nick. Oh yeah, and th- and then it was like. Disney slash PBS kids or whatever, but that was kind of the order of roughness, I'd say. Because and Nick was also a little bit more like maybe not as rough, but Nick was like for a while with the slime. It's like we're kind of more right. Gross isn't the word, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. It's kind of like just what's the word? Like, it's because it's still rugged? different than Cartoon Network. Because yeah, so car- so yeah, the way it goes right is PBS is wholesome and bubbly. Disney is clean but corporate. Uh, Cartoon <laughs> Network is your cracked out aunt. Cartoon Network right. had the edge for sure. Like definitely it was the like, edgy one. Sloppy and not put together. Uh, yeah. Fun though. Um, and right. then Nickelodeon was that sort of like, like when I say rough, I mean like rough and tumble. Because when I think of like Nickelodeon, right, I always think of like Rugrats and that that like art style and that like. Uh, right something about like not not just not clean edges just that kind of weird doesn't quite fit but right. i liked it it was one of those like oh it's kind of weird but not like well, cracked out weird but kind of weird and as it moved on a little bit it was kind of like the i mean it was the first major kids network in general but it started to have that identity for a while it doesn't now but it was like what during the slime era when we were coming up yeah you know slime. it was kind of like Made ew gross sticky. Yeah, like creepy crawlies, stuff. not creepy crawlies, but I thought of those toys for some like, reason. But you drink know, bug juice. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. Just kind of like icky, um, but not creepy icky, just icky. Um, I mean, you did have Icky Vicky, and she was on a Nickelodeon show. You know, Icky Vicky. What from, was uh, uh, what was uh, the Amanda show on? Uh, was that Nickelodeon? Nick? That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah, when it, Nickelodeon Amanda show. If you've seen the Amanda show, that was that was a, a Nickelodeon show. Yeah, that's perfect. Show. Yeah, that's definitely a Nickelodeon show, at least from our era. I loved. It was just so weird and zany too. Bring out right. the dancing lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Trudy or whatever. There's uh, Oh god, I want to I want to I have no idea if the humor makes any sense today, but I want to go back and rewatch the Amanda show. I that humor in general because like that was, um, that was a Dan Schneider show. We I know that he's there's a lot of opinions about him, but I'm just saying in general like he did write these incredible shows. So, but they all had the same kind of humor. So like, the Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, these were all him. Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, iCarly, um, they all had that silly, zany, almost nonsensical humor at times. But it kind of worked, at least at the time, at least at that age. Um, one of my favorite, speaking of Drake and Josh, which was also a great show, but one of my favorite shows on the Amanda show, I can't remember what it was, but it was like Drake and Josh, and they were like the Blues Brothers style. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I can't remember what it was, but every time like, like uh, Josh would do something like stupid, Drake would hit him in the head, and he goes, what was that for? And they go, for being an idiot. And he goes, okay. <laughs> okay. Do you remember that at all? 
Oh, God, that, I remember <laughs> vaguely what you're talking about with the Blues Brothers. That didn't land as well for me, only because I didn't okay. see Blues Brothers till uh, much later. Like, like Drake and Josh was over when I saw Blues Brothers. Right. I was I just know, like that was that one. And that was even before Drake and Josh, right? Because they got their start on, like, the Amanda show and stuff. So um, they were just these kids, but Dad just, what was that for? For being an idiot. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't know, because I didn't know... Uh, Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers at the time either. I just remember thinking he just called him an idiot. This, he's like, "All right, <laughs> I okay, guess I'm an idiot." Okay. <laughs> Sorry, boss. Sorry, uh, boss. Good stuff. It was good stuff. That... Out of this world stuff. <laughs> out of this world, huh? Yeah, out of this world stuff. Out man. in a, just... out in out in space, maybe. Out in space, you know, when I space off, like staring out the window, thinking about these old TV shows. You just think somewhere yeah. out there, because of broadcasting, somewhere out there, some alien species or something is just like living it up with Drake and Josh. Yeah. I think yeah, that's how signals work, right? Wouldn't that be great? There could be a whole alien <laughs> replica of, like, what if there's a whole alien version of us and they have their own, you know, their, their own, like, sitcoms and stuff, their own entertainment. But it's very similar to how we do it. Like so eerily similar, just... like parallel universe type stuff, but kind of exactly. uncanny valley. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah, there could be. That'd be interesting. What What are your thoughts on space? <laughs> I <laughs> also rate my transition. <laughs> um, not definitely not your best, but definitely not your worst. I'd say it's solid middle. I I thought it was pretty good. The the you know really out of this world TV show. No. Yeah, I guess I mean, that would have been like. It... Uh, uh, Lloyd in I think, space or something would have been out of uh, this world. I think. I think the only reason why I said it was like it, it's in the middle is because I knew it immediately. Like as soon as you said <laughs> speaking out of this, it was like it wasn't qu- like. Ugh. You know what? I think. I think the delivery. I. I. My delivery was too <laughs> blunt. You know, if I had said, "Man, that show really was just just out of this world," you know, just really knocked it out of the park, then you would have been like, "Okay, that I guess that makes sense." Those are things people say. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Um, you heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Weston just self-critiqued. Mark it down. I, jot the time. I, you know, I'm he, a he very self-reflective <laughs> individual. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, so oh, I wasn't offended. Space, space, space. The final um, frontier. I have always been interested in space um, since yeah. I was a little kid. In fact. I, I remember, I probably still have it somewhere, but I used to love to pull out the telescope and use it. Um, now, I, granted, it was like a, you know, not a fancy like schmancy a when I was a kid. Telescope. We had one of those, too, in my village that I grew up in that we had out, like, at our window. Because I, really, I was really into space as a kid. So we had a telescope. I had these, like, computer CDs. There was, like, an exploration of the, of the solar system or whatever on the computer. I was into space. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you had a telescope too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I had a telescope, and the nice thing it's kind of like you. I, you know, you basically were in the country, and I li- lived in the country for a lot of the time. So there's no lights really from the city. Yeah. So you can really see the sky at night. Um. So yeah, I always was interested in that. In fact, that kind of lasted for a while. I mean, I, I still am interested. I don't just sit there and look into that stuff as much now. But every once in a while, I'll find myself reading about something. But I remember I have a book. Um, I think you probably at one point have looked at it because I've had it for so long. Um, but it's it just called The Universe. And this book came out about 15 years ago. And it was at the time, 
the farthest images that we could, like it started with close, closest, and then it would just keep going so many light years away. And right. it would, and it, and it would show how far the Hubble telescope can process images at that time. And then, so like it, it would start close, go through all the planets and a bunch of other like notable places in space. And then it would eventually go out to these images that like scientists could just barely make out at the time and their predictions of what they were looking at and stuff. And, um, and then it just talked about the universe and then, you know, universes, you know, and what's beyond and all that stuff. And it, it's just a really interesting read. And especially with the images and stuff, it was, it was just really cool. So anyway, I've, I've always been intrigued with it, mainly probably for similar reasons as you, I'm assuming, which is there's so much we still don't know. Like we've and just scratched the surface. But there's also so much that we do know that like boggles the mind because of the just absurd vast distances and just the absurd like chemical makeup of the universe that's like, you know, alien to to Earth that like what we do know is already astonishing enough. And then what we don't know, like. Is that's my point what we know yeah. by like a trillion or whatever right like what exactly like if you go by like we in the last 50 years we have learned so much and like and because we've learned so much we've also learned how little we know if, if that kind of makes sense like how like how expansive this really goes not to downplay what we've learned because it is quite right. incredible especially in the small frame of time that we've really been studying or not studying but like kind of getting out there and really learning things so it it's it's incredible now here's i have a question for you did okay <laughs> did we land on the moon <laughs> we absolutely landed on the moon did did we do it don't you well you know there's those people don't out there don't you bring your conspiracy flat earth there is no moon birds are a camera don't nonsense bunch me in, in with them don't you that, i know that, the earth isn't flat <laughs> Um, there there no, could be a whole episode on conspiracy theories. That yeah, we should save that because that would be fun. I have actually met more than one person who, after these conspiracies got really popular, are convinced otherwise about the moon landing. Two people. I know two people in person, not just internet people. That's wild to me. The issue that I always come down to with people that don't think we've been to the moon is when you look at the technology available to fake the moon landing, it just doesn't make sense. It's just, it, it, the technology's just not there. Oh, but the technology's secret, government secrets. Are, okay, so, like, the sky is, is is an orange, is a grapefruit, and the sun is a pea, and left is always forward. <laughs> like, secret, secret government stuff, one trillion dimension. Now you're just saying, so it's hilarious. The, the excuses that will go forward to try to, like, well, secret government stuff, you are really, literally willing to believe everything is possible except that we landed on the moon. That's what you're telling me, and that blows my mind. I just, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, that's kind of the whole thing, right? I mean, it's, that's almost more what it's about than the actual topic matter, I swear. Right. And just finding any excuse you can to, to believe something that you know isn't true. Everyone wants to find a, their own version of their truth or whatever. It's, actually, it's a whole thing. But and you get to the weird point, too, where it's like, well, if I haven't seen it happen myself, I don't believe it. And then you look at them, it's like, do you not believe cells and atoms exist just because you can't freaking see them? Can't well, I can get right. a microscope and see them. You can watch video evidence in a time where AI-generated images and crap didn't exist. You can watch yeah. footage like taken firsthand of someone being to the mood. So it's, it's kind of like that, like... 
if the I don't see it, I don't believe it. It's I don't mm-hmm. like. Do you believe like if you're in the United States, ninety nine point nine percent of people in the United States will never leave the United States. Do you believe China exists? Well, the other side of the Earth doesn't exist. <laughs> right, oh right. wait, what? I'm sorry, I slipped into flat Earth again. But <laughs> like, right. I don't know. It's That's just, another big one. It's it's the whole you're willing to believe everything except the thing that is pretty standard. I don't know. It's just well, I don't know. Well. No worries. I am a. I know for a fact we landed on the moon, and I, I was going to say this too. It's such a, in my opinion, one of the proudest moments in American history too. I just think that's such yeah. a cool, you know, just the whole space race in general. I just, I it, love that time in American it, history. It brought the nation together, and I think in, and I, I I can't compare like more so or less so than, but like like now even there's a big kind of rush to space now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the big kickstarters in popular modern, like like current history right now is is like the SpaceX stuff, but um, you've got a lot of other like people trying to like create rockets to go to space to like either do uh, stuff with the International Space Station. You've got people trying to like invest in uh, whether or not like in the future if mining like meteors and or or asteroids rather because it's in space, mining asteroids will be viable in the future. And then there's talk about going to Mars and there's talk about maybe going back to the moon. And I feel like we're in a time now more than any time before now. And like the last time we were on the moon that we've been like really excited about space just as a people. So I agree like that time in history where we went to the moon, that was a huge, like nationally unifying thing. Um, I have a second question. Sure. Where do we stand with the Pluto situation? Cause didn't it change again? Change again? Um, yes, I, I, because I know it was Pluto was planet. Then it became a dwarf planet, um, right? And but I heard that. Hold on, I do you mind if I look something up really quick? I th- yeah, sure. I could have swore the I our opinion still, on Pluto changed again. I thought you can hold look on. it up. I think it's still yeah, it's still classed as a dwarf planet. Our understanding of its like position in the larger scheme of things may have been become more refined, but I think yeah, it's it's still classed as a dwarf planet as re- far as I know. I remember people were this is maybe like a year ago or two. Yeah, this is right on NBC News. So it was at least being talked about again. Should Pluto be a planet again? This is in 2021. The debate rages on. And well, this whole thing. Those... So I don't know if something came out at that time or something. I don't know. This is, uh, and I'm going to speak out of my butt a little bit here. I didn't actually look into this, so take this with a grain of whatever. But Pluto was definitely a planet when we were kids because it was understood to be like the largest body of its kind in the in in orbit, and it was supposed to be like Planet mm-hmm. X or whatever. So it was definitely a planet. Then we discovered that it's not as special. Like its orbit is weird. It has a moon that's also kind of not a moon. It belongs to the Kuiper Belt, which is uh, has a ton of uh, debris in it. Now, the Pluto is very large compared to everything in the Kuiper Belt, but because the Kuiper Belt still exists, Pluto's gravity is not strong enough to like clear its orbit of debris. Right? I'm kind of of this weird mind that I think Pluto. This is coming out of my butt. Don't know if it's possible. Pluto could become a full-fledged planet, maybe in the far-flung future, if it starts crashing into more Kuiper Belt um, debris and, like, you know, kind of its mass increases that way. Because that's what, like, for example, uh, Saturn's rings, right? It's just a bunch of debris that got caught in mm-hmm. its orbit and is 
being sucked into basically the planet. Eventually, Saturn will not have rings. Eventually, all its rings will get sucked into the planet. It will be a long time, but that's the eventuality. I don't know if Pluto is the same way with a lot of the stuff in the Kuiper Belt, but it's going to take like a bajillion years. So like for now, until then, it's a dwarf planet because it's like it's almost there, but not really. Yeah. I, I know that it... Uh, see, I don't know that much about it, so I, I, I won't claim to, but I will say that I just remember when that happened, um, <laughs> it felt like... <laughs> at least my world was... Sh- like, it, it shook up a little bit. Because it's one of those things where it's in your <laughs> textbook, right? And the next thing you know... Right. Nope, not anymore. Well, especially as um, kids, because science feels so unshakable. Because when you're a kid, everything's black and white. It's, right. it's a fact or it's not. And then you become an adult and you realize there's a little more murkiness to it. But it's a fact or it's not a fact. So when we were told Pluto is a planet, and then we were told Pluto is not a planet, we are like, well, how could it not be? It was. What happened? What changed? What happened right. to Pluto that made it not a planet? And you find out, well, nothing changed with Pluto. So we're like, well, it should be a planet then. Well, our understanding of Pluto, the solar system, what exists in the universe... All it was is that uh, the scientific community refined its classification of objects in space, and that new refinement required that Pluto wasn't a full-fledged planet. It belonged in a class of many other objects, celestial bodies, that would go into dwarf planet. But as a kid, when that happened, we're like, no. Refuse. (laughs) And plus, you know, you'd think about, like, you know, like, like like a science textbook. You would like to think that some of the information that was written in this book 50 years ago would be refined or, you know, changed 50 years later, assuming that everyone's, you know, we're doing our jobs and we're learning more and more. And, you know, that's kind of, I mean, that's the the idea anyway. Okay. Hey, I have a third... Oh, sorry. Yeah. I have a third Go. question, but I think you're going to say something. Go for oh, I, I was going to just say that's the beauty of science is that when we learn new information, you have to be willing to accept that information, and you can't just fight against it because you have some sort of weird pride for Pluto. I have a pride for Pluto. I love Pluto for being planet number nine. I still rack with the hashtag you know pride uh, for Pluto. Yeah, pride for Pluto. I, I'm, it's in our solar system, all right? It's in our solar system, okay? Right. It belongs to us. Hashtag honorary planethood or something, right? I think we should still call it a planet. I know it's not scientifically accurate, but we as a people need to put our foot down and say, we love Pluto and it belongs with us. Anyway, that's... Just- who knows? <laughs> Maybe that was partially the narrative that people were going with back in 2021 when I w- when it was being talked about again. Maybe. It was like pride, honorary pride planet. Pride for Pluto. Um, I like that. I was going to ask you this, and this is the common question that a lot of people ask, but I thought we might get to it, especially when we talked about other life. What's your take on other life? An extraterrestrial life. That's right. Uh, Well, like, the universe is just so vast. Like, the the phrase that's really fun to say is like, in an infinite universe, there is a non-zero percent chance of, insert any weird thing that you want to say, honestly, in an infinite universe. Is the the universe infinite? We don't really know that. Uh, Who knows? But is there life out in the universe? Okay, so, like, I'm pulling this out of my butt. I'm I'm not Googling the statistics. Because the numbers are so big, it almost doesn't matter what number I say, right? Our solar system is one solar system in a galaxy. And in one galaxy, there's, like, some billions of solar systems. 
billions of them. And then how many galaxies are in the universe? Another billions and billions of them. Right. So like of the uh, if every solar system averages a few planets, we're talking about trillions or quadrillions or whatever the number comes out to of planets, quintillions, sextillions. I just keep increasing the number because we don't know how big the universe really is outside of the observable right. universe, right? Let alone you start talking about multiple universes or anything crazy exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. When you start getting bigger and bigger, we can't comprehend just how much potential for life there is out there. I will say that the likelihood of life existing like at like a bacterial lev- level, to me, is guaranteed 100%. It, it's out there. Oh, yeah. How rare it is is the question. Now, intelligent life, like aliens we could communicate in some way with, like even on Earth, right? We can communicate with like dogs and dolphins and stuff. Even if that's the level we're talking about, communicable intelligent life. I'm not even talking about necessarily human level or above. I I mean, anything you could conceivably communicate with existing out in the universe, there's not a, like, there's not a 0% chance. But my big hiccup is always, not only is there so much stuff out there, it's existed for so long and will exist for so long. It's conceivable that, like, at this... Now, again, kind of wild, but we could be the only intelligent life in the universe right now. But the next intelligent life will show up in a million years. Or the last intelligent life that was around, it went extinct a million years ago. Because the universe, its time frame is so just wild exactly right so in terms of like et stuff out there i believe it definitely could is it right now no idea has it communicated with us doubt that much though right well yeah you you go to the once again the sheer size of it all it's kind of like that you know the thing that i would always say which like how could there not be something whether it's intelligent or not yeah it's a different story but just based on sheer sheer size alone and also with time, right? You know, it, yeah. You know, you say on a bacterial level, but just considering the time frame, you know, who knows? Something could have at least evolved greater, maybe not to the point of being, a, a, you know, something that can communicate with us by any means. But you never know, and that's the thing. It's that's really the the thing is like you do never know until one day where maybe we will. Um, but you know, you. <laughs> I want to keep playing. I was playing. You got me on a Stellaris kick for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I ended up. I only dipped out only because it was just that was actually I was working on my album and I just started to lose track of time. But um, that was a fun game to to really kind of dig into for a little bit. And it was just a game I you know I haven't played a strategy game that like took place on that level before, and right. that was really interesting to to play. I don't know. I just shout I mean, out to Stellaris. Super fun. Shout out to Stellaris. Um, I love Stellaris. There's a lot of stuff. Like I like. I've put a lot of time into it. I like to think I'm an okay Stellaris player. Then I watch some like Stellaris YouTuber, and I'm like, well, holy crap! But I enjoy <laughs> I it a lot. It. I love playing on the huge size galaxy because it's just an absurd number of like, you know, civilizations that are erupting, an absurd number of like pre FTL civilizations that are like. You can uplift or, you know, like, you know, bully or whatever. It's just this massive sandbox. It's just so fun to imagine this sort of wide um, galactic community of activity. I think of things like Star Wars, right? Star Wars exists in one galaxy. And there's like a bajillion races of people and a bajillion civilizations and a bajillion planets. And they're all like, it gives me that Star Wars itch, but like I'm kind of like a part of it. And I, I, I really enjoy the game. 
yeah, I I definitely recommend it. He recommended it to me, and if it's your style of game, you got to play it. It's it's super fun. Exactly for the reasons you said too. It just it's it seems so vast, and yeah, all the different races and stuff. It's just so cool to. It's just neat. I don't know. I like it. I, I love it. I want to get to your. I want to get into it again. I will say, and, and if I make this I episode about need to the play video together. game, we need to play together. I will say, next time you get back into it, uh, there have been there has been a pretty big update lately. The what that came with the Paragon stuff. So if you've dipped out for a while, when you come back, some stuff has changed. So it, it'll be fun to play. But you know. Um, don't don't freak out. Sometimes every now and again, paradox games when they have updates, things change quite drastically. That cha- that oh, game fun. has changed so many times since 1.0. I was watching a YouTuber play the original 1.0 release, and I'm like, oh my god, I remember this stuff. It's so different. But anyway, well, you know what? Just, yeah, going back to the topic, things in science change, just like we talked about. That's yeah, okay. like we said, things, things change. change. Change is okay. Change is good sometimes, but Pluto is still a planet. <laughs> yeah, pride for Pluto, hashtag. People did land on Pluto, and the moon is a planet. <laughs> That's right. People are Pluto, and the moon landed on a planet. I was trying to say the opposite of what you said, but I didn't say it right. <laughs> the moon landed on a planet. That's kind of true, because that's like where people think the moon came from, was that a massive freaking asteroid hit Earth, right. and like the moon is a piece of Earth that like just got shunted off of it or whatever. So that's kind of what happened. Is basically a giant moon-sized thing hit Earth and made the moon. That's the idea. Did you, did you ever read the H.G. Wells Time Machine? I haven't. I should. Um, it's been recommended to me by I think literally you. Um, it's a short read. Easily, you can yeah. read that in a night. Um, I mean, I read it in a night, and I, I'm a sl- slow reader. Like I don't, I can only read a chapter or two a night, and then I'm kind of ready to stop. But anyway, there's a movie too. But it's. A, a pretty simple story, but it's a classic. Um, and so I do recommend it. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's the reason why, why I don't want to get into the whole thing. Cause there are spoilers, but the, the beginning of the movie, like the reason why there's a, a, a time related thing is because the, the moon crashes into the earth. And I'm just, I, I'm curious to, to know like what his headspace was at that time when he yeah. wrote it, you know? Um, Cause I don't know how old that book is, but it's, Jeez, that's got a that was written what like in the 30s or something. I don't know when it was written. I don't want to claim to know. Maybe it's before that. You know, it's wild. Or, Some of the most like a lot of what we base our current sci-fi on is people that were thinking so far ahead of their time, like so many decades ago, talking about really right. advanced level stuff that like when they wrote this stuff, it was just complete fiction and today we're like on the verge of like no, this isn't fiction. It's fact now. Um, on some I level, know. that's it, crazy. It's so wild. Um, I not in not in the space realm, but in the in the technology kind of realm. Right. Um, I was watching. I was watching a uh, video of this of this scientist, and she she was. I can't. To be honest with you, I can't even remember what she was talking about. So I don't want to claim to know. But sure. she, um, the way she was talking about this technology, whatever it was. It was like how we would be talking about it now, but she was just telling this person with a microphone and a camera, um, this news person or whatever it was, and they just looked so... Like, the questions they were asking her were so not what she was trying to explain, but it's because the average person just wouldn't know a single thing about it. Right. Um, so they were asking questions that really had nothing to do with what she was talking about, but it had something to do with... I don't know if he was talking about how, like, computers 
personal computers now or something. I can't remember. It was this was done like in the sixties, but it's just crazy how some people's minds are on such a close track. It's like it's so far ahead that we don't even know how to ask questions to learn more about what they know. <laughs> you you don't <laughs> you know, know like, what you don't know. You don't know what you don't exactly. It's it, it's it's wild to me, but I'm glad there's yeah. people out there that are that far. I mean, we need people like that. People, I don't always like, moving forward. You know, you're you're sort of uh, your creatives and your dreamers and your scientifically inclined people that one have the scientific know how to think, um, how, like how things really work versus how we just intuit things work because the universe yeah. doesn't on the widest scale work the way we think it ought to. There is crazy physics that shouldn't make any sense. And yet here we are. So we have people that are intelligent enough to like piece that together mathematically. But then you also have creatives. Like when we were talking about science fiction, right? People that are writing, we have creatives with the imagination to imagine how things could work. And then that's that like merger of that imagination and science where it's like, hang on a second, hang on that crazy idea. Are, are you, are you onto something? And then you piece it together and it's probably not one-to-one like, oh yeah, you nailed it. You called it. But it's like, actually you're on this weird right track that inspired a scientist or something to discover the yeah. truth. That's a good point. You really can't have one without the other. Right. I, I, I you know, I, in my opinion, I, I think you're right. Sometimes you, because uh, the wildly intelligent people I've met in places that I've gone to that, um, are so narrowly focused on their subject that they're really good at. But then when it comes to like creatively thinking outside that box, it's not that they're not creative people. It's just that because they know so much about their thing that, that the, the sort of random nonsense that someone would come up with because they're not familiar just doesn't come to them. So you bring someone in who's just like kind of imaginative, you give them a few facts and they're like, well, what if it was like this? And the person who's really smart is like, well, hang on a second. Well, hold right like like that with what and then they look into it and they have the technical know-how to actually like make an experiment or something so that creativity that that science yeah teamwork makes the dream work jokes aside teamwork is a beautiful thing use your strengths (laughs) you'll be unstoppable that's how we'll end this first part of the of the episode uh teamwork everybody teamwork science (laughs) and space is teamwork actually that's probably very apt you can't just go to right. mars um without building an entire <laughs> team and that's what we'll be doing in the next section we'll be building a team in a rocket ship to mars um who would make the best team and is one of them trying to murder everybody else stay tuned until after the uh ad break what <laughs> okay Profoundish is brought to you in part by HastilyMadeDecision.com. Get your poetry fix from my poetry blog featuring haiku, senryu, freeform stuff, and more. Again, that's HastilyMadeDecision.com for your poetry fix. Profoundish is brought to you in part by Camp Nostalgic Saturday Morning, a show that takes a deep dive into pop culture's biggest questions. I co-host alongside Dave Rediger, and it's a lot of fun. Watch the show and see all the other content offerings at CampNostalgic.org. I'm going to take it. You like what you see? Uh, this is much more up my alley. Like this. <laughs> I, yeah, I know like all of these characters. 
This is great. Uh, welcome back, everybody. This is what we're doing today. <laughs> We've done this a few times where we have a number of job positions that need filled by a number of people. We've done restaurant. We've done uh, nightclub. We've done cult. Today, we're building a colony ship on its way to Mars. All right. Oh, boy. Okay. That's right. This is sometime in the future, right? Like, we're colonizing. Like, it's happening. Also, there's space life out there. Think Star Wars, right? Like, we're, we've got a colony ship. Think Star, Star Wars or Star Trek. We've got a colony ship. We've got people we're moving. we got, like, lasers and guns and whatever. we we got the whole nine yards sci-fi show. we got nine positions to fill on this colony ship moving forward. The catch is each of these positions is being filled by a character from a popular 2000s sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, we'll go over all the characters uh, here in a moment. Uh, there is one catch. Well, actually, there's two catches, but one of them is familiar. The, the familiar catch is every time we're picking a position, and Alex will be picking what character should go to what position, I will roll a random number generator to determine at least one person he can't pick for the position. We're bringing that back. Because I think that's right. spicy. That was good. New yeah, twist. Brand new twist. For anyone who's a big fan of Among Us, which is a <laughs> video game that took place on a spaceship, one person among this cast of people is an imposter, a traitor, that will, if put into a position, instead of making it to Mars, will bring the whole thing down. So just a little extra oh, level boy. of tension to see if Alex can figure out who it is. I will allow Alex every two positions. He can start with one. He, he'll get a guess first. But then every two positions after that that he fills, he can ask an additional question. The questions he asked, uh, what's that game? I can't even think of it now. I already forgot. What's that game where you ask questions and it's like, oh, is it a boy? And it's like, yes. And you like flip down all the boys on the like tab. You know what I'm talking about? Do guess they have who? yellow hair? Guess who? Like, guess who? Yep. Alex will be able to guess who style, ask questions, and get answers to try to okay. figure out who okay. the traitor is. So it won't be a complete so, random shot in the dark. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot oh, of rules. Boy. It's going to be really fun. <laughs> yeah, this sounds, this is, yeah, this is spicy. All right. Let me start with the positions. The positions to be filled on the ship are the captain, the navigator, the doctor, the weapon systems, so they're shooting guns and lasers, the engineer, mm -hmm. keeping the ship running, the communications, the comms for communicating with other species, that, like other ships, for people on the ship, etc. The chief scientist, the officer, they're the ones keeping law on the ship, and the red okay. shirt. The red shirt is just my fun little Star Trek nod. They're the ones where, like, historically, okay. if someone dies on the ship, it's someone in a red shirt. Like, every time. If you're a red shirt, you're replaceable. The red shirt... So... Yeah. What's your question? Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. The red shirt no, position is the only position where if you accidentally put the imposter on the ship, if they are a red shirt, they will not take down the ship. They will end up getting murdered somehow instead. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. So, that, that sounds great. Hopefully it'll land that way. So, but the um, so the red shirt basically is just like you're just you're you're one of the normal yeah. people that are just going to help. They're one of the, the like uh, officers or engineers. They're like one of the just people that work on the ship, but they're not okay. holding a, an important position. And they're okay. probably going to get murdered when someone shows up and attacks the ship or something. Right. Okay. Um, 
Those are the positions. Okay. Do you have any other questions? Wow. I'm going to name the the people you have to choose from because it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and name them. It's great. I, I think I'm on. I'm on, I'm tracking with you. We've got people from the show because I know you've seen this. I actually haven't, but from according to Jim, you have <laughs> yep, I, Jim, <laughs> and you ha- who's played by Jim Belushi, and you have Cheryl, his wife, played by um, Courtney something. Anyway, according. So there you go. I uh, I have a list here, but some of the names are cut off, and I'm too lazy to figure it out. We also have, from The Office, we have none other than Michael Scott, and we have Pam Beasley. We have, from Scrubs, the janitor, whose name I think is just literally janitor. That's what I found. And we have That's Carla thing, Espinosa, yep. janitor and Carla Espinosa, from Parks and Rec, we have whoopsie. We have Ron Swanson, and we have um, sorry, I accidentally April Ludgate. That's right. That's her name. That's right. Yes, that's her name of the show. That's the Aubrey Plaza. She's been. She always shows up in my YouTube shorts on like an interview where she's just being me too, super weird, and I love it. But anyway, <laughs> yep, me too. Uh, from Big Bang Theory, we've got Sheldon Cooper, specifically the adult version. The picture I have that Alex can see also has young Sheldon. For some reason, that's the picture okay. I found. But we're focused on the adult Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, as well as Penny. Yep. And finally, from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Just oh, cause. that's who that is. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's Mr. I, Mosby. <laughs> that's Mr. Mosby. Marion Mosby. I have a thing for Mo- Mr. Mosby. I love Mr. Mosby. And everyone forgets he exists. Anyway, and then uh, as well as London Tipton. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> now, that gives little, you 12 uh, people to work with and only nine whew. positions to fill. Eight of those positions need to not have an imposter. So you have decent odds of figuring out who the imposter is and not bringing the ship down, but not great odds. Right. Well, goodness, I think... Hmm. I will well, allow save you red, to, red shirt, to, be, yeah, to begin with, you can ask one question about who the um, imposter is. It can only be a yes or no question. And then you can fill whatever position first that you want to fill. Okay, so I can ask um, one question first. So I'm going to yes. ask, is... But it has to be like a yes or no question, right? Right. And I'll keep track of your questions so, so you don't like accidentally forget what you've asked and not asked. Is the imposter male? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to start with the male then because I know that'll be uh, that'll be safe. So for I guess we'll start at the top. We'll start at the captain. Um, very important role, of course. I, who would be a good captain? Definitely not Michael Scott. See, you're talking <laughs> my language now because, you know, I, not that I, I'm not a Disney hater. I just, there's a lot of Disney shows or movies right. I haven't seen in Last so long. Last time we so did Disney characters and yeah, this is, this is more It was still a fun cult though. It because, was. Because uh, we had the, you know, Lightning McQueen was in the <laughs> choir. Honk. Um, but... In terms of a captain, well, see, the nice thing about this is that I'm assuming, now you can 
tell me this. Do you, would would you say the captain is going probably works alongside the navigator quite a bit? The captain is the person that makes the decisions on the ship. So they work with literally everybody. So the navigators figure out where yeah. to go and how to get there. But the captain's like, like you know, if it's like, oh, okay, navigator see, says, yeah. oh, incoming rogue asteroid. The captain's the one that's like, do this, do that. You know, that kind of thing. Right. right? So it really is the leader. The thing is that all of these characters here, none of them are going to be a great leader. That's, that's, um. the, that's <laughs> the idea. <laughs> but I... I would say, in a pinch, I think I'm going <laughs> to. This might be a mistake, but I'm going to put Ron Swanson as captain. <laughs> that was one of my leading contenders as well. Yeah, I think I think, yeah, I think he can. Uh, I think he'd be able to handle it. You know, he takes things very seriously, yeah. and I feel like, yeah, to, I think he'd rise to the occasion pretty well. Um, so I need to do another one before I can guess another question on the imposter. Correct. Correct. And you're putting, so, so far, you're putting Ron Swanson as your captain. Now, Mm -hmm. now that you've done that, one additional rule that isn't normal when we do this (laughs) is that I usually allow you to swap people if you want to. You will not be allowed to do that this time. Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That, I think, is more than fair. Because of the imposter situation. Just in case anyone's thinking about that. You have decided that your captain is Ron Swanson. He will be leading, hopefully, your colony ship to great success based on his tremendous leadership. <laughs> Ron Swanson. Now, Navigator. When Navigator. I look at everybody here, you know, I look at like London Tipton, or I look, or I look at Jim, or or Michael Scott, or the janitor. None of them scream, you know, just a vast knowledge of. Or just being really good to be able to communicate navigation as well, not just even know how to navigate, right? That's important too. So I I don't know why, but I feel like Mr. Mosby might be pretty good at I mean oh, he gets a little cranky. I I completely forgot this with your first pick. I need to generate who you're not allowed to do. Oh, sorry. Yep, go ahead, go ahead. I completely if it's forgot. Mr. Mosby. I'm gonna be mad. No. So Obviously, captain's already picked. That's already done. So, for your, are you doing navigator? Yeah, I'm just going down the list. Navigator. So, the one person you can't pick for navigator is going to be Penny. Penny, okay. I'm using a random number pick... generator to determine who you're not allowed to pick. So, Penny is not allowed you. to be navigator this time. Okay. Um, I think another person who takes... Because navigation's important. I mean, the, all these roles are important. But we want to make sure we're getting to where we're going the most efficient way possible. Be able to communicate that to the team of people here. I feel like another one that takes their job very seriously is Mosby, right? He's cranky, so that's why I don't want him to be captain. But I'm gonna make <laughs> I'm gonna make um, Mr. Mosby the navigator. You think he might be yeah, that... the the most like kind of knows where he's going? Can like I I think he can learn. I just I not it's kind of more about taking. Yeah, I think it's kind of about taking the job seriously, and I, I just feel like he'll know his stuff. I just compared to everybody else here. I mean, I don't think Jim's going to know his way around space. So, <laughs> you know, according to Jim, at least. But <laughs> that's that, that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm sitting there. And I, there's a few other names that might stick out, but I think they'd be better suited for different roles. So I feel like um, you're. I feel like it's a decent. I I know personally. I was actually considering Sheldon Cooper for this position only because, like, if you want to not get lost, he's probably the one that would have, like, the the universal map, like, memorized, like, weirdly that's, enough. 
yeah. I thought about him, but I think I'm saving him for something else. I feel like I know um, who it is, but that that's just me. Like that was a big contender for me. I like Mr. Mosby, right? For his seriousness, I get that. Yeah. Once again, he's a little cranky, so he shouldn't be captain. <laughs> but but yeah, but navigator, yeah, he can stick to his own sometimes. I think that'll be good. All um, right. That's been two. You're allowed to ask a question about the imposter if you'd like. Does the imposter have dark hair? Um, I'm just typing. Should it I out. specify? Based on that, that, I'm going to say yes. Okay. So it's going to be either Pam. I know her as Aubrey Plaza, but the girl from Parks and Rec. Um, yeah, who basically that is she's basically the same person. Yeah, April Ludgate. April Ludgate for everyone um, or London. Listening. God, it would almost fit if it were April. That would almost fit. Like if anyone's going to be the killer. Um. All right. So interesting. So we let's let's go to the doctor. Doctor. The obvious. The obvious choice would probably be Carla. Out of these characters, I because I I don't know what Jim from According to Jim. I'm not I'm not hugely familiar with that show, but I did watch it back in the day. I don't know if his wife was like a doctor or a nurse or something. I'm not sure. Um, I know that the janitor um, got in trouble for malpractice because he pretended to be a doctor. But I do know, <laughs> which, which is actually really funny, because he, he he'd he'd uh, he'd call himself Doctor Jan Etor. Um, okay, okay, I like J A N. Space I T O R. It was funny. Anyway, um, but I'm going to put Carla as the doctor. Um, she's very knowledgeable. Oops. Um, and I think she would be this best suited for that. So oh, there we go. pray to God she's she's <laughs> she's not the imposter. You've locked in Carla as your doctor. I will remind you that she is a not male with dark hair. <laughs> I, Who knows? I know. <laughs> but I'm locking it in. <laughs> I know, I know. I uh, <laughs> I had to is, put her there. I agree that of everybody here, she's got to be the most viable candidate as, you know, being a... Is she a doctor or a nurse in the show? I actually don't know for sure. Um, she's a nurse. Okay. Because I, 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 I've but seen she, Scrubs. But she but, outruns those doctors most of the time. Right. What Doesn't every nurse? But uh, no... <laughs> Right, seriously. But um, I, uh, I, I've seen the show, but I definitely have not seen it like you have. So I'm like, I'm sure Alex right. knows more than I do, for sh- definitely. Right. Um, so um, Carla Espinosa from Scrubs is your doctor choice. I just don't think you picked her. I just don't think you did. I did. Oh, no, by uh, the no, way, I you, didn't pick. I used a random number generator to determine who it is. Well, I didn't pick. Damn it! All right. <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. So I know who it is I'm now because I did it, but I didn't choose. So, weapon systems. So basically, is this is the person in charge of all the weaponry and this is in charge of those, the ship's weaponry, right? If some alien scum show up and they're like, "Hand over the colonists. We're we're gonna go eat them or whatever." This is the guy that's like, <laughs> we're going to go eat them. We're going to eat them. This is the person that activates the laser systems. And they're like, goodbye, Xeno scum. Pew, 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 pew. Okay, okay. The weapon um, systems. <laughs> I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I am feeling Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think, I just think, I, I think Jim would do a good job. And he pegs me as the kind of guy, he's your 
typical American dad, likes his action movies. He needs that action. That's his role. Plus, I know he's not the imposter. Do I, because uh, I actually never watched any According to Jim, but I included it because I knew you did and enjoyed it. Is right. he a very, like, I don't know, is he like an aggressive, like, kind of like macho, like, when I think weapons, right, I think like person that wants to like hit the shooting range for fun every weekend or like, you know, that kind of guy. Is that Jim? More so than anyone else on the list here, but honestly, he's really just your typical, just kind of like meathead dad. Honestly, yeah. but compared to anybody else, other than maybe like Ron Swanson, if he would have done that, I think this Jim's just the best. The thing about according to Jim, <laughs> what I say about that show now, <laughs> it's like it's it's kind of like remarkably unremarkable. <laughs> That's what I say, because like it's just kind of a eh show. It, it's like all the other ones. But I kind of get that. But That's that how being... I felt about like because I actually watch King of Queens. That's how I feel about it. It's like oh, remarkable, so like just like whatever. I like King of Queens. But yeah, exactly. But it's like, you know, it's not like, it's not anything crazy. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a similar thing. That was during a time when everyone was doing a show that was like the same. Right. But anyway, that's why Jim is going to be the weapons guy. You get to ask another question about the imposter now, if you'd like. I would love to. I feel like I can't ask that because that's specifically about the picture, so I won't do that. But let me go. Is the... Ooh. Can I... Oh, my gosh. If you ask anything All too right. specific about the shows, there's a good chance I might not know it. Because even the shows I've watched, it's not, like, a lot. I'm not a big TV guy. I'm going to ask a question, but it might require you to do a... It'll, it'll be sure. one search on Google, and it'll be, it'll be the first result. Like, it okay. won't be hard to find the answer to, if that's possible. Okay. Um... Okay, so is was the it was the imposter on a show that ran for more? No, sorry, that ran for less than six seasons. For got my fingers off the keyboard. <laughs> I'm trying to type. Okay, so less than six seasons. Um, let me see. I don't know how many seasons this did have. Oh, I figured that would just pop up for whatever show you're looking at. Less than six seasons. Well, I had to type. I had to type it in. Yes. It ran for less than six. That's okay, what I'm so saying. I know. Okay, <laughs> so I know for a fact it's not April's character. Or sorry, it's not. It's not Pam. I mean. Um, let's see. No, I, no, I don't know if Parks and Rec ran for six or seven seasons. I can't remember, but I know Zach and Cody only ran for like two or three. So it's one of those two. So I'm going to keep them to the side here because I'm a little nervous about them. Um, and I know that I'm also safe with Carla now. Sweet. Okay. Engineer. Engineer. Um, the engineer cannot. I forgot about this rule. I made my rules too complicated. The engineer cannot be <laughs> uh, April Ludgate, the the Audrey Plaza. Okay, that's okay. I've been forgetting um, to like eliminate people. I'll get better at this game. I like the extra no, it's rules okay. though. Listen, it's interesting. 
honestly write them or like jot them down because I'm going to probably do one of these again fairly soon and I want to have those rules because it's <laughs> actually really interesting. Um, so make sure you have those somewhere so I can get it's them. A fun anyway, game. engineer, I think this is kind of an obvious one. Um, well, maybe, oh, geez. All right, r- really quick, define what this particular engineer is doing. The engineer is in charge of basically the mechanical, like, inner workings of the ship. You know, takes care of maintenance, okay. repairs, maybe even kind of works on, like, building upgrades to things as needed, like mod stuff in the ship, though. it keep, The engineer is keeping the ship running. Okay. Um, I'm glad you said that, because that's going to drastically change my choice. Okay. I think I'm going to put the janitor. As the engineer, you know that that makes sense to be honest. Um, yeah, because my first thought, I thought engineer, I thought okay, I guess it depends on the kind of engineer. Because I was thinking, oh, maybe Sheldon. Um, but then the way you just kind of described it, you know, working on it and maybe upgrading some stuff. I think I think the janitor can handle that. What's he's, the janitor's a, like mechanical sense? Is he like I've seen the show, but is he like is he actually a competent individual? He actually is. Okay. Um, and he, uh, I mean, he's also an idiot. You know, that's part of the right. show. I mean, but he makes like these, but he makes really crazy inventions and stuff that he try, like that he tries to like get people to buy into and stuff. So you know, like, I, I mean, I, yeah, he's he's a creator. I think I didn't realize that. Okay. Okay. I see it then. I see it. As long as he's not the imposter. Which he's not. <laughs> Which, so, according okay. to the information you've asked, I mean, I would doubt it. But as long as he's not the imposter, that's a good choice. <laughs> That, that's right. So now we have communications. Um, yes. This one could go a few different ways, I feel like, because if you're talking just, it depends on what the goal is here. You know, I don't want Sheldon to be a communicator, right? A part of me doesn't want Michael Scott to be a communicator, because what if he says <laughs> the wrong thing? Because he's this, got a good, like this, he's... Yeah, this is the person <sighs> in charge of like diplomacy if they need to communicate with another alien or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say that everybody here, it cannot be Pam from oh, the office. Man. It can't be Pam. <laughs> that's what I rolled. That's actually that's a tough one because I don't <laughs> want London doing it either, or really Penny. You know what? <laughs> I think the person I want doing this is I. I forgive me, I can't remember her name, but Jim's wife. Cheryl. Cheryl. I want Cheryl doing it. You know, she's she's a uh, no nonsense. She's got a pretty level head on her shoulders. Um, I think she'd I think she'd be good in that role. I think yeah, she'll be the communicator. Okay. I'll have to take your word on that. If if my knowledge of sitcoms holds up, that's probably the move to make, right? Like the wife of the husband in the sitcom is usually more level-headed. Cause the, the, in every sitcom in the early 2000s, yeah. the husband is the big dumb, and the wife is usually the voice of reason. Maybe she has her flaws yep. in episodes, for sure, but like that's kind of that's just the formula. So that kind of checks out. Yeah, I think, yeah I, think we're, I think we're good there. You can ask another question. Okay. Uh, how I think it. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope that's okay. But I might, can I ask another season's question. Yeah. Okay. But it has to be a yes or no question. But yeah. Right. Okay. Was the imposter on a show or on the show that ran 
for less than four seasons? I feel like you just asked the same question, but like with a different number. Um, I did. Yeah. But I... The answer is yes. Okay, well, <laughs> I think I know the imposter then. Um, but, so I'm going to, should I say who I think it is or should I wait? That's up to you. I think I'm going to wait, but I'm going to obviously leave her off. Okay. So let's go to the scientist. I think I want to make Sheldon the chief scientist. Uh, now, hang on a second. Oh, no. Don't tell me it's him. Don't don't tell me I can't pick him. It can't be. Drum roll. It can't be Pam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All that build up for nothing. <laughs> well, I um, almost forgot. I was like, hold up. Hang on. There's one more thing I got to do. Right. So yeah. I was like, oh, let's was find quick. out. No, no, you're totally fine. I, I knew when we were getting closer to Chief Scientist, I'm like, I know he's leaving Chief Scientist for Sheldon, but I'm like, I have to. <laughs> like, on the off chance, please, the universe, let it be not possible. That would have been amazing. Right. You're going to put Sheldon right. as the Chief so, Scientist? Yeah. That, I feel like, I mean, anyone that's seen Big Bang Theory, that he's literally a theoretical physicist, I think, if I remember correctly. That's literally his thing. Right, yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think I think that's good. Um, we have the officer, so this kind of person who you said basically just in charge of the law within the ship, basically yeah, the like peacekeeping, the, right? The pe- right, okay, okay. Oh boy, I dwindled it down to an interesting group. Now, who can I not can pick? Be, yeah, I was gonna say it can be anybody, but it cannot be April Ludgate. Okay, that's okay. Um. I'm going to put, I think we're going to put Pam. Pam is the officer? I think out of these, I think Pam's the officer, yeah. I, I, you know, I think, I think Pam's got, she's got a good moral compass. I think she's, and I also think that, but I also believe, yeah, yes, yes. I'm just, I'm going to start stumbling over my words. I think Pam, out of these people, is just the best choice. You know, her position in the office, right, like as the secretary, kind of like keeping track of the coming coming and going on, go, comings and goings yeah. on, whatever, how, however you phrase that, I think that probably makes sense. Kind of like a, almost, the security position, it's almost like a security checkpoint in the office, if you think about right. it. So that, I feel like that makes sense. The question is, does she have yeah. the, like, physical, like, authority, like, as an intimidating character to, like, actually lay down the law when it comes to it i mean maybe she does that's a good but that's my question that's a good that's a good question the issue is that none of the final people do (laughs) 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 including michael scott like uh so to be clear intimidating no yeah to be clear what we have left everybody is michael scott april ludgate penny and uh london tipton for the final four people but the choice is for red shirt so, because Alex left red shirt as the final th- choice, it doesn't matter if he chooses imposter, he's in the complete clear because red shirt is the, like, disposable position. That being said, right. you can have one more question if you would like. I, I'm so confident in my answer, I don't need, 
to ask a question. Doesn't need to ask a question. Okay. Um, All right. So here becomes the question. <laughs> do you want to pick the imposter as the red shirt because it doesn't matter? Or do you want to make sure they stay off your ship entirely and put someone else as the red ship, red, red shirt, knowing full well that you're basically dooming them to their position? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, I think I'm just going to leave the imposter off. There's no, there's just, there's just no use. Um, <laughs> thanks for the option though. Yeah, I mean, I, it's there. Assuming up to this point that you didn't put the imposter on the ship so far. That's true. Which we'll reveal oh, crap, shortly. Wait a second. Actually, I think, actually no, we should still be good. If I, if I know my years and seasons and I'm a nerd with that stuff. We'll see. But um, I'm going to throw, just for good measure, I'm going to throw Michael Scott on there because he's like my favorite sitcom character of all time. He needs to just go there. Um, he, he'll be a fun, just extra addition to the team, I feel like. He'll just be in people's way and bumbling around. He'll be an, a fun extra addition until he's not. Until, which is exactly what Michael Scott is, you know. Now, we're, you know, here's that's what question. she said all the time and. Were you allowed to pick Michael Scott is the question. Oh, don't crap. You can't pick, drum roll, you can't pick London. Okay. You're fine. Well, that's good. <laughs> you know why You know why that uh, I, I said that's good? Why is that good? Because <laughs> I think London's the imposter. London Tipton was the imposter. She would have taken down the entire ship if you had chosen her. You asked the relevant, intelligent questions to like narrow it down. And you nailed it. You nailed it, especially with the number of seasons. <sighs> I said like, you had some because uh, you, you nailed it, whether or not it was male or female. It was female, London. You nailed that right away. That eliminated half your options. You, you figured out it had to be someone dark haired, which actually left quite a few people with dark, with dark hair still available to choose. But with the seasons right. questions, you narrowed it down. The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody ran for three seasons. So when you right. asked them about the less than four, that basically left London Tipton as your only real option. She was the imposter. She didn't make it to the ship. The colony ship does get to survive, and it will be captained <laughs> by Ron Swanson, navigated <laughs> by Mr. Mosby. The onboard doctor is, in fact, Carla Espinosa. Weapons are being run by Jim. Uh, the chief engineer is the janitor from Scrubs. In charge of communications is Cheryl, from, uh, according to Jim. Your chief scientist is Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Your uh, head officer is Pam from the, uh, from the office. And your red shirt disposable goofball is, in fact, Michael Scott from The Office. There's who one, might die because he's might a red die. shirt. Who likely <laughs> will die. There's one final <laughs> order of business that you must complete, and that is oh, what yeah. is the name of our colony ship? Oh, God. This is a diverse group of people. <laughs> um, uh, now, so we're naming the colony? You're naming the colony ship. The, oh, okay. I, I, okay yeah. I, I didn't hear ship. I must have cut out. And maybe Thinking, why am I naming the colony? Naming the right. colony ship. Um, the ship. Now use although if you have an idea for the name of the colony, I guess you could name it, try to name it too. I guess I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, So do you think it should be like a the something like the blank, the something or the like SS something, whatever feels right, man. Yeah, 
Which that's like you know um, kind of like the American like you name your like uh, water going vessels SS whatever. But if you want to call it right. the something like the bulkhead, which is not a good name for this, but like whatever, whatever feels right. I, you what know, are you thinking? I, you know, there's a lot of fun people in here. Um, you know, you got Jim, you got Mosby, you got a lot of lot of personalities, right? Um, all kind of coming together here. But then you also have your Sheldons and your Pams, your more reserved types. <sighs> what's representative of all these people? I almost kind of want to. What's some like what, what's what's a good Weston? You might have some words here. What's an, <laughs> do you have any other words for diverse? Like the I want it to be the like the. <sighs> What's a word that mm, uh, like for the diverse. range? It's like a range of people, or like, like the. If I just uh, well, my first thought, honestly, yeah, at, at the top of my head was the the fun house. That was my first thought, <laughs> just the fun house. <laughs> Welcome to the fun house. <laughs> but I thought, is that representative? Does it need to be? I mean, honestly, the, all these people from sitcoms. Sitcoms are fun. That's true. Maybe I should go with my gut. That's true. <laughs> the fun house. <laughs> I will say it doesn't alliterate. <laughs> I know you like your alliteration, I, I, so you're I, gonna I, have your judgments there. I, 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 I mean, unless I mean, it's the <laughs> unless it's the funky fun house, would you count that? This is entirely up to you. If you feel like the the <laughs> the extra the extra um, the you know alliteration is too much, like you want it to keep it short, then you don't have to. You can call it the fun house. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's too much. I was just doing that for you. <laughs> Don't do it for me. Do. do it for the colonists that are stepping forth onto Mars for the first time and will likely die because it's you're right. because you're, it's being literally right. run by all these psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm calling it the Fun House because it's gonna. It's not going to last long, but it's going to be fun <laughs> while it lasts. <laughs> Welcome to the Fun House colonists. We'll be touching down in Mars in roughly uh, nine months. I think is the rough travel time on a speedy ship, something like that. I didn't Google it. Don't worry about it. A pregnancy's worth. Yeah, yeah. You you can you can conceive and then birth a child in the time it takes to get to Mars. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's your ship. Uh, Thank you, Alex. Uh, that has been our yeah. show. That like our expanded universe of characters running our world has uh continued to grow but now we're moving all of our businesses and stuff to mars apparently <laughs> yeah that's i can't believe we already left yeah left earth <laughs> in our universe or like in our little world here this is crazy yeah. I, I, I might have to take it back to earth next time uh maybe maybe you do i mean you could have something <laughs> on mars maybe maybe when next have time we, we do this game far? we'll fast forward like a hundred years and we got a booming industry on mars or whatever i'm just saying i'm just saying like, Hey, it's it's our world. We can build it we, how we want. We can do whatever we want. Thank you all so much for right. listening. Alex, where can we find you? You can find me at alexducat.net. I do music. I'm a singer-songwriter, so you can listen to my music there. I also make medleys, which are basically these... I take little bits and pieces of multiple songs and then put all of those little pieces into one big song and make it a medley. And they're a lot of fun, um, usually based on nostalgic TV show content. So check out that stuff. That's on alexducat.net or on... YouTube, Weston. Where can people find your stuff? 
You can find my stuff on westonhasty.com. That's my landing page for all the things that I do. In particular, check out Magic Man Mo on YouTube for gaming-related content, hastilymadedecision.com for poetry-related content, or just say hi to me on Twitter at westonhasty. You're listening to Profoundish. Whatever you've been listening to us on, please hit that like, five stars, favorite, whatever you can do. We're available on Spotify, Apple, and, of course, YouTube. Subscribe and follow to all of the things. But what... You already know that. I mean, you you made it this far. You're amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And we hope you to are. see you on the next episode that we will be hosting from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I like that sentence kept going. I thought it was going to end like seven <laughs> words ago. I'm really good. <laughs> but it just kept going. <laughs> and doing that, just adding words to the sentence until you think it's just about over until you realize that Weston really enjoys talking.